Welcome to Beyond 2020, exploring the emerging vision of life on planet Earth. Hi, I'm Reverend Robert, and I invite you to listen in as I interview the emerging thought leaders of our time. Join in as we take a look at the realities of living a life of purpose and meaning beyond 2020. And hello again, dear ones, Reverend Robert with you here. This is Beyond 2020, the opportunity that I get to sit down and have a more in-depth conversation with what I believe are the luminary leaders of our future and many cases of today. And today we have with us a great special guest, Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson. I would say he's definitely a luminary of the future and today. Uh, he does some great work in the world. He has been referred to uh, consistently in a, as a renaissance man and visionary thought leader. And when you take a look at his resume and accomplishments, uh, that becomes very, very clear. I'm not going to read through all of that or we'll be here all day. Uh, as a lifelong learner with a passion for self-development, personal transformation, transmutation, and transfiguration, he lives his bliss as a teacher, minister, visual artist, author, speaker, workshop, seminar, facilitator, mentor, American Sign Language, performing artist, father, grandfather, and more. I think I got all that in one breath. <laughs> his mission to live, move, and be an active member of society. We're going to discuss what that active means in just a moment or two. Uh, so his mission is to live, move, and be an active member of society who serves to educate, elucidate, and emancipate people and communities to awaken and empower themselves. He does this through his service and through the transformational teachings, technologies, and practices of new thought. The people and the communities he work with has a, have an opportunity to recognize, realize, and materialize their full divine potential. Wow. <laughs> Reverend Dr. Raymond is a licensed CSL minister and currently serves as the senior minister at the Center for Spiritual Living Greater Baltimore. For our Baltimore listeners, I trust you'll get a chance to experience Raymond's amazingness uh, in person or uh, at least as part of that community if you haven't already. But for all of our listeners, we're going to get a chance to experience Reverend Dr. Raymond right here today on Beyond 2020. Reverend, welcome, welcome. Thank you, my dear brother. It is a pleasure and an honor to be with you and this community in this way. So thank you very much. I am humbled and grateful by the words that you have spoken about me being, you know, a luminary and whatnot, because in my mind, it's me doing what I do. Mm. So I thank you. Mm. And thank you for doing the great work that you're doing. Oh, well, thank you for that. Yes. All right. Well, I, we have a uh, limited time together today. And I know that I want our listeners to hear a lot more about who you are, the work you do, and uh, your vision for the future. That's a big part of what this program's all about, folks is casting a vision for what the future can look like uh, in order and what it's going to take to to create this thing called a world that works for everyone. So, right, uh, right. Raymond, start us off. In your introduction there, we have this an acronym for ACTIVE, right? Your mission is to mm -hmm. live, move, and be an active member 
Uh, and active stands for authentic, compassionate, transparent, inspired, vibrant, and empowered. Share a little bit with us. How did you come to that? Um, help us understand this definition of active a bit. Understood. Thank you. So overall, the short answer is having grown up in the manner that I grew up as a as an abused child uh, who had been molested and bullied and a whole slew of other things. There, there was a time where I was the quiet, shy, wanted to be invisible, wanted to be, you know, I used to pray to God that God, the God of my understanding at that time, that that deity would quietly take me in my sleep because I didn't have the courage, quote unquote, courage to, you know, end my own life. So over the years of developing my spiritual practices, moving from fundamentalist Christianity through Buddhism and Taoism and a whole bunch of other things, and eventually finding my way back to new thought, this idea of what does it mean to live this? Because in new thought, specifically in CSL, we say treat and move your feet. So what does that mean to move your feet? We know what prayer is, but what does it mean to pray and then live that prayer? So for me, it was, okay, you know, I also grew up as an artist. So many times I would go to a museum and see a sculpture and the way that it was carved, the drape of, you know, it looked like cloth draped over this figure or the figure was running or fighting a bear and it looked like it was in motion, but it actually wasn't. So this play of many times we look like we're in action, you know, in action, but actually it's inaction. You know, this, there's no space. It's inaction. We're not moving. Right. So active, meaning I need to be active as a conduit of authenticity. What does it mean for me to be myself unapologetically in all areas where I'm not in this location? I am Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson, the, the, the teacher and the minister. And in this place, I'm Pop Pop Ray and the silly grandfather. No, I'm going to be me in all places, in all ways, an authentic representation. What does it mean to be compassionate? To be a bodhisattva, someone who sees a person and feels empathy and the need and want to serve and help them. What does it mean to not have secrets and be transparent? What does it mean to live inspired, knowing that inspired means in spirit, to have that which is the spirit of creation itself, life itself, moving this body because there is no me separate from God. There's only God showing up as an individualized expression of me. So what does it mean to be connected and allow that presence to move and breathe this body? And what does it mean to be vibrant, not to be dull, not to have the colors muted, but to be bold, to be neon in many ways and shine brightly? Uh, one of the things I mentioned this uh, recently in a uh, message was not hiding our light under a bushel. Be vibrant, show up and show out unapologetically. And what does it mean to be empowered? What does it mean to live life on our own terms? What does it mean to not be at the beck and call of society, culture, politics or whatever, but to know that we have divine authority to be the stewards of our own lives? So that's basically where the active acronym came from. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely sounds like you've got quite a bit of practice at sharing that in a concise manner as well. <laughs> so thank you for that. And hey, for folks that are listening, um, don't feel you got to write all this stuff down. We'll leave uh, we'll leave this an acronym and, and uh, the words that go with it in the show notes. So please head on over to the website. Check out the show notes for today's episode, and we'll make sure we uh, encapsulate all this for you there as well. So, all right. Well, Raymond, uh, you know, I'd love for, I'd love for people to get to know a little bit more. And as you were saying at the beginning of that, right, the authenticity piece, I'd love for people to get to know a little bit more about you uh, and the work that you're doing, specifically there in Baltimore. But really, you've become, in a lot of ways, you've become an online uh, as so many of us have been forced to, mm-hmm. but you've become a, an online teacher as well, an online presenter as well. Um, help us understand a little bit more about Raymond, the man, uh, and the message that you're bringing forward into the world. Gotcha. Thank you. So, as I mentioned, this idea of my background we, or I should say I, learned that I am not a singular individual, but that the many things that go into my background show up as me. I grew up loving comic books and still love comic books. I love Marvel and DC and other things. And the mythology of Superman, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and these things influence how I show up. They influence how I, you know, walk in the world. The trauma of my background, it shows up in how I show up. There are many people, you know, because I've, I've run across folks and I, I'm like, I know, I remember, I remember when I used to do that, that we want to deny these aspects of ourselves. We want to, you know, bury them or bypass them rather than learning how to embrace them, embrace the fear, the trauma, Embrace the shadow. Uh, One thing that I often say, because Ernest Holmes talks about being open at the top. And I'm like, yeah, I got you. But think about it like a tree. A tree is open at the top and open at the bottom. It receives from the light from above and from the darkness below. How do we integrate both of these so that we can be a healthy fruit bearing tree? So for me, my message is using my life as an example, my journey as an example, my struggles as an example of I know that this teaching works because I know who I used to be. I know what I used to feel. I know the suicidal ideations I used to experience, the chronic depression. I had a migraine one time for 18 months because of the stress. Wow. Anxiety. And, you know, the doctors thought it was a brain tumor because they're like, there's no way there's no way you had the same headache for 18 months. So test after test. And it came down that it was adolescent stress. I was in high school and stress and fear and anxiety. So ultimately, my ministry is a ministry now of how do I show up providing people with tools and techniques, spiritual technologies and all this other stuff to navigate their lives so that they, too, can find, reveal, demonstrate their own spiritual magnificence. Mm. So looking at whatever's going on in life, whatever's going on in the world, whatever's going on in mass or collective consciousness, and how do I help in evolving consciousness, shifting consciousness, and elevating people one person at a time, 
one thought at a time, one practice at a time, and one interaction with people at a time. How do I do that? Mm, yeah. Great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and as you were sharing, it, what kind of sparks for me is I'm very, very curious. What is your personal favorite spiritual practice, technology experience? What's, what's the one that really gets you into that space where you're able to change your life? Ooh. Mm. So, mm, let's see, because I have so many that if I have to narrow it down, one of the, I would probably say one of my favorites is actually being out in nature, taking time to go to the park, be around the lake and the trees. Uh, that would probably be it because it gives me moments of quietude and solitude, contemplation, this idea of uh, connecting to source, right. being out in nature, you know, just being able to see through and beyond the tree and recognizing that this tree is God individualizing itself. This lake is God individualizing itself and simply seeing my part in this, not as a separate, I'm a human in nature, but that I too am a part of nature and that ultimately all of this nature is the nature of God expressing. Yes. And therefore you too are a divine expression of God creating. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is, this is great mm -hmm. fun to, to share a little bit more of, uh, of the humanness and the realness that is life as a minister. And I, I know our listeners are, understand we talk to people on this program and that's its intent to talk to people that have, uh, that are really making the change on the planet, that are really doing the work first for themselves so they can do the work with others, which is what I just heard you speaking right. to. Right. Um, and for those that are listening, we used a term earlier, CSL. If you're not familiar with that, it stands for the Centers for Spiritual Living. Uh, both Reverend Dr. Raymond and myself are ministers in that organization. And so we share a lot of common language at times. And one of the things that we share is this vision that Centers for Spiritual Living has of a world that works for everyone. And there are those that would argue, well, the world already is working for everyone. So how would we go about creating something that's already here? Uh, there are various perceptions and perspectives on how we go about this, this all that. Mm -hmm. We would love to know um, how. what's your vision for the future in relation to this concept of a world that works for everyone? Thank you for that. So looking at it on two different levels. So on the level of the absolute, on the level of spirit, Yes, the world already works because it's not possible for, you know, God to be separate from itself. There's only that which God is. Like Voltaire said, God is a circle whose circumference is nowhere and whose center is everywhere. Therefore, the center of God is all there is and it's everything and everywhere. So on that level, yes, everything works. But on this level of how we as individualized expressions that we call human. You know, we have different names, different bodies, 
different colors, different sexual orientations, different, 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 different. We have, that's what diversity is, the various ways that spirit shows up. And on that level, there are many things that we can identify that do not work for many people. There are many children right now still in detention centers, separated from their families. It doesn't work for them. There are still many indigenous Americans on reservations with a political system and things that are going on with them. So it doesn't work for them. There are many trans women of color who are still being murdered. So it doesn't work for them. And I could go on. There are many things that affect many of us where we would say this doesn't work. So how do we shift this? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is something that I recently heard uh, Bishop Yvette Flunder refer to, where she said we must go back to where the separation or the discord, we must go back to the place where the hurt occurs, where the separation occurs. And in our teaching, New Thought, uh, Religious Science, Science of Mind and Spirit, we refer to that as you know, going back to cause, changing the consciousness that is outpicturing. So one thing that she says, Bishop Yvette Flunder says, you know, in, in terms of demonstrating a kingdom of God, it is her words in the kingdom of God, which I translate as a world that works for all, is we must have a theological ecosystem. We must take care of the manner in which we show up spiritually to shift the consciousness because that's where things begin. Shift the consciousness around separation and racism and sexism and homophobia. Shift the consciousness. And then what do we say? Treat and move your feet. So shift the consciousness, pray, meditate, contemplate. Then that's in mind. That's in spirit. Then start to have dialogue and discourse around that. Then start to show up so that the political systems, the laws, the legal system, the educational system mirrors what we are holding in consciousness. So if we say we are holding in consciousness that unity and oneness is the truth, then how do we create laws and systemic policies that demonstrate this sense of oneness and unity? So ideally, a world that works for all means I have to get my life together so it works for me. How do I show this in my home? How do I show this in my community? Because if I can't get my life to work, how do I then show up to you and say, Robert, you must do this, this or this to which you say, but my brother Ray, you're not doing that. You know, it's like it reminds me of this story. I don't know how true it is. But where this woman goes to Mahatma Gandhi and she says, Baba, can you uh, tell my child to stop eating sugar because, you know, sugar is bad and whatever, whatever. And Gandhi says, come back in a week. And so the woman leaves and she comes back in a week and the child stands before Gandhi and Gandhi says, young man, stop eating sugar. And the woman is befuddled. She's like, what in the why? Why did we have to come back in a week for you to say that? And he said, because last week I was eating sugar. Right. So the idea is, if we want to be the catalyst for change, then we have to demonstrate that change in our own minds, our own hearts, our own language, our own way of showing up in the world. And then when we show up as teachers and parents and ministers and politicians and whatever else we show up as, we are showing up as a demonstration of truth. Yes. Wow. 
Okay, folks, let that sink in. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this again we're gonna make sure that you get this before we could do that we do want to take just a quick break and la- allow our sponsors to say a quick thank you and identify themselves so let that sink in listen to this for just a minute this is beyond 2020 exploring the emerging paradigm of life on planet earth I'm Reverend Robert Brzezinski. We're here with Reverend Ray Mont Anderson. We'll be right back. New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network, positively inspiring. All right, and thank you for that, and thank you listeners for staying with us. I'm Reverend Robert Brzezinski. I'm here today with Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson. He is uh, absolutely a visionary, and we're throwing the word luminary in there as well today, because when you, if you haven't listened to what's been shared so far, well, hit pause and back up, uh, <laughs> because <laughs> we're getting a good old lesson on how life works, how the universe works, and how new thought is bringing that forward, and what's coming forward even from that point so um before the break uh, what we were talking about raymond was you're saying um really the key to this is to demonstrate for ourselves and in ourselves the change we wish to see the change we wish to be the change mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we wish to experience on the planet as the future right um that's where it starts right so what are you changing in your life right now So right now I'm changing this idea of what it means to engage in a theology of liberation and what it means to be bold, to be audacious, to speak and shout from the rooftops per se. Like what does it mean to challenge the systems in a way that not just is lip service, but it is actually engaging the process of evolution. So just as an example, one of the things that we, and I don't know if other countries do this, but I know one of the things that we in the United States of America often will say to folks, there are certain things we do not talk about. We do not talk about politics. We do not talk about sex. We do not talk about religion. We do not talk about money. Like these are the taboo subjects because the moment you are going to have a conversation about this, there's going to be conflict and conflict is bad. And so I'm changing for me this idea because I'm a very, I have been a very non-confrontational individual. I do not like confrontation because of my background. Confrontation always meant some form of abuse. Mm -hmm. But I've come to realize that some forms of confrontation must be in order for change to occur. 
when you have uh, the experience of a headache and you take an aspirin or some other form of headache relief, you are confronting the situation and using whatever that medication is or using Reiki or using acupuncture or using whatever it is to confront it in order for it to change. So confrontation in and of itself is not bad. It is not negative. It is not any of these things. So for me, I'm changing a lot of those paradigms within myself so that I can step forward in a more um, more powerful way just to change the system. Mm, yeah, it seems. And I've had similar experiences. It seems throughout life I was also taught we don't talk about the things that make life life mm -hmm. <laughs> that make life real. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that also does continue. And I will agree in my ministerial training, we were, there are certain things you just don't talk about period. Right. right. Um, and I'm like, but why? I mean, what is it yeah. about that topic where we say it's taboo? Is it because we're afraid of disagreement? Is it afraid? Is it that we're afraid of, you know, uh, the idea of someone disagreeing with us and possibly abandoning us? Like, what is it about this particular topic of money or politics? And I understand that there are certain things in there that immediately have a divide. But if we don't talk about it, then how do we ever bring unity to something that we are stuffing into the closet and we will never let the light of day touch it? Right. And that's the point. That's where it really gets really good for me is we've got to let the light of truth into those places. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to make assumptions. And I can and I know that you were taught certain things about sexuality mm -hmm. that may not have been exactly true for your experience. Correct. Of what you were going through. Um, and that's not to make, you know, your folks wrong, your, your mentors wrong, the people right. that influenced you wrong. It's just that they were sharing what they knew. Mm -hmm. And from whatever paradigm they came from. Right. Mm -hmm. so, because there is that cultural thing that says this is what is normal or accepted and anything outside of that is not. Right. Yeah. Folks, it's going to get good. It, it already is good. Uh, and because there's so much here and we can explore these different pieces. Uh, you said something in there and I want to kind of circle back. You opened okay. up your answer on that last question with the theology of talking about the theology of liberation. Mm -hmm. And we may have been on the same call. I know we listen to a lot of the same people. Right. I remember recently Reverend Dr. David Alexander uh, was on a broadcast and he was talking about how in the hands of, of a black minister, New Thought has always been, across time, a mm -hmm. theology of liberation. Right. However, in the hands of white ministers... New Thought has predominantly been a theology of prosperity a pro and a, a theology right. of liber uh, of of um, of privilege. Excuse me, that's the word I was looking right. for. Right. Um, can you talk to to, right. to those and how you see that happen? Maybe how that got how we got there in New Thought, and can we heal that? Ooh, good question. So. 
I think in order to really uh, understand it, we have to be able to acknowledge that there in the United States, there definitely exists this system of systemic uh, racism. And we could even go far enough to say systemic um, sexism, et cetera. Like we could there there's systems in place that deny certain people, certain genders, et cetera, the same opportunities. Right. And so if you have a minister who is white, who is using this philosophy, this teaching of new thought, then we ask, we come and say, okay, so what is it that this minister is finding to be the obstacles in their life? Okay, so if they're a male minister, then they're at the top of the privilege pyramid per se. So if they're a woman, okay, so then maybe they have the obstacle of gender, to overcome. So, okay, let's keep on going. So what if there's a now an African-American minister, there's a black minister who is using this philosophy, this teaching. So there was a time when segregation existed and I wouldn't have been able to drink from the same water fountain as you or go in the same entrance or might not even be able to go into the same restaurant as you simply because of the color of my skin. Well, if I'm a minister of this movement and you're a minister of this movement and we are both standing in front of the exact same restaurant and you're allowed in, but I am not, then clearly the manner in which the filter through which this philosophy means something to both of us changes. It's altered in that I now have to understand, well, wait a minute. We say that God is all there is and God is infinite unity and love and presence, but that's not what this is demonstrating. So then if I say I believe in this, then how do I now use this teaching to change the systems so the systems now demonstrate that truth? And it works the same way for whatever the, the, the thing that is being liberated, you know, uh, the Declaration of Principles or the We Believe statements that are in the front of every Science of Mind magazine that our founder, Ernest Holmes, crafted years ago. Number five says, we believe the ultimate goal of life to be a complete emancipation or freedom from every discord of every nature. Okay, that right there means liberation, liberation from every discord of every nature. So I, as an African-American black man who is gay, have certain situations, certain obstacles per se, certain experiences that I must use this teaching, this philosophy, this theology to eradicate, to be emancipated from, not only for myself, but for everyone. Otherwise, I am buying into the same system of oppression and mass consciousness that others and separates and segregates based on race, class, money, politics, etc. So there is no way forward. There is no way to heal this if we don't say, well, what is the truth? What is the absolute truth of this? The absolute truth is oneness. The absolute truth is unity. God is a unity in expression. Okay, so then where do I see disunity as an experience? Wherever I see it, then I must say, I know the truth about this. Now, how do I make that truth demonstrate? Does that mean going to city council meetings and being the one? I may not speak, but am I willing to go to a city council meeting where I know there is systems in place that do not demonstrate this unity? And I may simply sit in the back and hold 
consciousness, knowing that every man, woman, and person on the council, every person who stands to speak is speaking and is knowing and is resonating from a place of the truth, oneness, and unity. And then maybe at some point I do stand up and speak and say, I, as a minister, this is what I would like to share and maybe shift the consciousness that way. Who knows? But the point is, if we don't stand in the place of truth, think it, speak it, feel it, and then act from it, move our feet, then no, it won't be healed. It'll be spiritual masturbation where we do our meditation and our contemplation and our readings and our drum circles just so we can feel good, but not so that we are changing the planet. Right. But yes, I believe it is definitely possible and we are moving in that direction. Mm. Yes. Yes, 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 we are moving in that direction. I love that affirmation at the end there. I, it, what I, you know, I heard in there, there, there is no healing without oneness, without unity. And, you know, folks, that's in our own individual lives. But I think I, I feel Raymond's doing a great job of sharing with us. We have to also take inspired action. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if I may. Let's because I, I often remind people that anything that shows up in this physical experience has back of it a divine or spiritual template, right. right? So we say that we are metaphysicians, okay? So there are also physicians, there are doctors, and the doctor is demonstrating to us a spiritual principle, even though they may not realize that because the doctor is not healing anyone, the doctor is taking divine right action to put a cast on a person to explore in their body to find whatever is going on and then uh, prescribe a treatment but ultimately what is going on is they are putting in place the conditions or situations so that this person's body may heal itself right okay so if that's the case and we say the same thing well right now in the united states of america there is a broken bone there is a separation because there is duality between a two-party political system that is a broken bone it cannot move forward it cannot walk appropriately because the bone is broken so then what do we do how do we set the bone so that spiritual truth does what it does so that it mends it we don't have to quote unquote, heal it. We don't will it into place and say, I know by the power of my mind that this must, like it's not willpower. It's declaring what we know to be truth and letting God be God in through and as each and every one of us and each and every system and each and every experience. We have to do the action though. Right. I, I love that analogy. We don't throw the bone away. We can't we can't right. take that half of a broken arm and just toss it in the trash heap and say, oh, we're done with that. And right. we have to set the conditions. And in our case, what we work with predominantly is we work with that mental sphere, almost exclusively work mm-hmm. with the mental aspect of how do we create a new thought? How do we create a new belief? How do we mm-hmm. move into a grander and people that listen to to this program and my other programs know I'm all about how do we set the environment, create an environment that allows us to be opening and welcoming to a greater vision. Right. Exactly. I mean, I can't just think about having a clean house. 
I can't just meditate about having a clean house and praying for a clean house if I'm not willing to get up and sweep and mop and dust. At some point, there must be action towards demonstrating what I've already prayed, meditated, and contemplated about. Right. So, Raymond, right now, um, we've opened that door just a little bit here. Do we, the word politics has come into the, into play. Uh-oh. Um, cast a, a vision for us. Uh-oh. Uh, what do you see? What's your prayer? What's, uh, what's the future? What's a potential, a possible future for politics in this country? That's a really good question. And I'm going to mirror back to a conversation. It was something that actually, since you mentioned Dr. David Alexander, it's a conversation that he's going to be continuing to have on a Facebook live. And forgive me, I can't remember the exact name of the minister who's putting this together. But in a former uh, conversation that Bishop Yvette Flunder and Bishop Carlton Pearson and a couple other folks were having the idea of why do we have simply a two-party system? Like what was going on in the paradigm and in the consciousness of the founding forefathers that said we must divide into two parties? Well, first of all, why does there need to be a two-party system? Why can't there be one party, one family, and in the family we have a discussion? We don't, we don't need to break off and be the Hatfields and the McCoys. We can simply be, you know, uh, the Clampets. We can be Jed and Grandma and Ellie and like we can be one family <laughs> yep. and within the family have a discussion. And in that family, we can have 15, 16 different ideas. But if we're not coming to the table in unity, you know, if we're not coming to the table simply from this place of we are one United States. We are not several different states anymore. We are one country, one United States, and even beyond that, one planet. How do we start to come together to have conversation that's not from a place of duality and separation, but rather everyone that is at the table, every politician from every level? That means city council, the mayor, the governor, every senator, congressperson, like everyone is coming from a consciousness of, I am here for the greatest good, not only of the United States of America, but ultimately for the planet, because the United States of America is anchored in the globe on planet Earth. So I must be thinking globally, not just myopically about what do I want? What do I want? I want more money or I want my state to have or I want my group of people to have this. That's that's not that's going to further the paradigm that we're in now of separation and segregation and trauma and murder, etc. So my vision is knowing that we as one country, it's almost like the King Arthur mythos of there is one round table and no one sits higher or lower than anyone. The king, King Arthur, and each of the knights, everyone was equal at this table. And ultimately, let's get rid of the table. Let's simply be present together to converse. Because even if we have a table, because we talk about, well, some people don't even have a seat at the table. Right. So let's remove the table. 
There is no table. So now the, the number of seats, the number of places that can be is an ever growing, ever evolving, ever shifting family. We don't say that, well, because our Thanksgiving dinner table can only seat 10, we will only allow 10 family members no, if you're going to do something that's a family function, then you make it possible for all of the family members to participate. So my vision is in a world that works for all is a political system that works for all with politicians who understand what unity means and and are in a position of being able and willing to agree to disagree on political issues, not human rights issues. Those are non-negotiable. Right. Yes. Yes. We can agree to disagree, except when it comes to things like racism. Yep. There's no agreeing to disagree at that level. Yes. It's like, no, racism kills people. It is the thing that causes people to die and suffer imprisonment at, at phenomenal rates of, but wait a minute, that system is, no, that doesn't work. Yeah. That's not a, that's not even a conversation to agree to disagree to have. It's that's a point out. No. Yeah. As I said earlier, I think we listened to a lot of the same programming, that conversation you're discussing. I heard that also, I think, believe it was Beyond the Gatekeepers with Dr. Vanessa, uh, Vanessa Brown. Yes. And, yes. Um, yes. And Thank I will you. make yeah, sure to exactly. leave a link to that broadcast in the show notes as well, folks. It's a it's a very in-depth discussion, but it's a great, great discussion um, with a whole panel of people, including Bishop Carlton Pearson was on that one as well. So mm-hmm. I, so, you know, here we are, we know mm-hmm. this is possible right, right. because we can, we're, we're thinking it into experience. We know that there's a potential for this, uh, this new, a new concept, a new consciousness to come into our politics. Right. Right. And what I heard you say was if we want to encapsulate that, the consciousness has to be, I am here for the greatest good of the planet and its people, not necessarily I'm here for the greatest good of Kentucky. Right. Or, you know, how many times do we hear God bless America? Right. Well, if it's only America, then we are not also being, you know, I often say, you know, the story of Cain and Abel, where it's like, am I my brother's keeper? And I often remind people, No, I am not my brother's keeper. I am not my sister's keeper. I am not my sibling's keeper. I am my brother. I am my sister and I am my sibling. If we don't see beyond the scope of only the boundaries of continent or country, then how do we come? Because ultimately the goal is a world. It's not just a country that works for us. It's a world. So God bless the planet earth. God bless all of creation. God bless God as God is showing up as every man, woman, child, person, state, country. God bless all of itself as all of itself. I I have always had a personal problem with that. God bless you. It it always felt so superior that, well, you know, God's going to bless you, but the heck with the guy next to you and no, no need to bless anybody else anywhere else. Just, just you, just us. We are the chosen ones. Uh, So, Hey, my football team over your football team. Exactly. (laughs) And this year, what's football this year? There is, is, are they even playing football? Somebody is somewhere. Oh. <laughs> yes. I live in Denver and I think the consensus is no, they're not really playing football this year. They're just they're just right. kind of wandering around the field in a daze. 
Anyway, hey folks, we're going to take a quick break here and uh, let our sponsors say hello. And you're listening to Beyond 2020 on the New Thought Media Network. I'm Reverend Robert Brzezinski. We're going to be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Today's programming is supported by a generous donation from the sponsors of Monday Morning Visioning. Monday Morning Visioning, a production of New Thought Media Network, live every Monday on Facebook and YouTube, 6 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Mountain, 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Join us Monday Morning Visioning for a deep and introspective look at the grand vision for your life. Presented by New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Beyond 2020, exploring the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth. I'm Reverend Robert Brzezinski, and I'm here today with a greatly esteemed, and man, have we been getting a download of wisdom today, too, from the Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson. Doctor, welcome back. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. When we left, we uh, we were kind of exploring the idea of politics and and what that what a vision there looks like, right? A, a politic where everybody involved is here for the greater good of the planet and its people, mm-hmm. um, rather than a corporation or a state or a county or who's getting what money. Right. Um, you know that to me that is the type of thing that takes a wholesale change, right? in consciousness as new thought ministers um what's your idea what's your concept where is spirit calling you Mm -hmm. to to really serve this sort of major uh, major consciousness of humanity great question so one of the first things that immediately comes to my mind is you know the title of your broadcast beyond 2020 And oftentimes when we think of 2020, we think of 2020 vision. So for me, beyond 2020 or beyond having 2020 vision means seeing beyond only what can be seen. So having, you know, an extended or expanded scope of vision, an X-ray vision, if you will, or an eagle eye vision where the whole view, the whole panorama is seen. Um, So for me, It's recognizing that ministry or my ministry specifically is beyond the four walls of CSL Greater Baltimore. So like you mentioned, virtually right now, because of this thing called pandemic, we are doing Sunday services online only. And we've had people tune in from Jamaica and Canada and England and a couple other Germany and a couple other places. So right there, the idea is. CSL Greater Baltimore has immediately become a global ministry. It becomes a global center. We've had people from the globe tuning in. So what does it mean for me as the minister there to serve, to continue to serve, to continue to be available to whomever, wherever, whenever, however I can? What does it mean to venture beyond the four walls, the floor and the ceiling of a brick and mortar church or center? and show up. It doesn't mean knocking on doors. It doesn't mean handing out pamphlets, but it means like at CSL Greater Baltimore, we have partnered with an elementary school. 
to be able to tutor children. And I mean, this was right before pandemic. So a lot of things didn't jump off, but we are still partnered with them. We partnered with them to assist students in who couldn't afford lunch. Well, we gave them money so that any of the students who couldn't afford lunch can. Uh, We partnered with an organization, the Baltimore Station, which serves veterans who are either homeless or addicted or whatnot so that they can get their lives back in order. And the first Saturday of each month, pre-pandemic, we were going there to serve them dinner and then to dine and fellowship with them. So it's that. It's how do we get out in the community. In the Baltimore area, there's an organization called Faith Communities of Baltimore with Pride, which is a gathering of all of the LGBTQ affirming churches, synagogues, mosques, et cetera, in the area. And CSL Greater Baltimore is partnered with them. We are one of their 40-some member communities because, once again, if we stay in the four walls, the roof and the ceiling, then are we not hiding our light under a bushel rather than saying, well, being alive, being human means interacting. It means being out in the world. So how do we get out in the world? It doesn't mean we go to the elementary school and we say, so, Johnny, here's your lunch. Do you know that you're God, that God is all there? No, it's not that, but it's showing up as a conduit of compassion. It's seeing this child and guiding them, being there and being present with them as they read or as we read to them. Because many of these children, many of the veterans, many of the people in LGBTQ churches, they're not seen. They don't feel seen. So simply by us partnering with them and seeing people and hearing people and being present, then we're taking what this message is of unity and oneness and power and love. We're taking it to them. Mm. Taking it to the streets. Exactly. Exactly. Even even if the streets are the digital highway. Yep. Oh God, I think I just dated myself using that term. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) Do do the hip kids still say digital highway? No, probably not. Right. (laughs) Some of them, some of the, cause you know, you know, we often will talk about, if it, if it existed at one time, bell bottoms, they were there in the 60s and 70s and they came back, you know, so certain things come back. <laughs> Does that mean we can get away with bringing back the pet rock? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> oh, no, come, come no I'm joking. <laughs> we have a, uh, I'm, I, I silly myself sometimes, folks. Uh, One of the things I've noticed in the pandemic is here around Colorado, at least, painted rocks. Mm -hmm. People are painting rocks Mm -hmm. and leaving them to be found. And Mm. the idea is take it home if you want it or pick it up and leave it somewhere else. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, there's a Facebook group, folks, 5280, the numbers, 5280 Rocks. And artists, artists are leaving the most beautiful pieces of mini artwork out in the world to be just found. Wow. And, and kids and all kinds of people. And we have a growing collection of painted rocks in our front 
uh, on our front stoop. Wow. Uh, and that's one of the ways you could be taking this into the world, right, folks? It, exactly. Th- there's no limit to the creativity, to the way we can bring these principles, these truths. And I'll tell you, we're hearing some big, huge truths here today. Uh, it's it's the demonstration of, and you said this earlier, Rima, treat and move our feet. Exactly. Exactly. All right. That's what's necessary. That's what's necessary. Yeah. So folks, whatever that might be for you, we're going to invite you into that. Uh, Raymond, we've got just a handful of minutes left here today. uh, And I know you've got so much on your plate and we've got other things our folks want to get to as well. Kind of wrap this up for us a little bit here. What would you say, um, give us just one more time. What's the, the big vision as you see it emerging on planet earth and What's the most important thing people can do to be a part of that vision? Thank you for the question. So the biggest vision is, once again, uh, the vision of CSL, Centers for Spiritual Living, is a world that works for all. So that being the vision, we have to ask, one, am I willing for that vision to unfold? Am I willing to experience what that means because oftentimes many people immediately go to the idea of well if the world works for robert and the world works for ray will the world still work for me even though i may not believe the same spiritual path they believe so how does it work for all right so immediately the idea is rather than fuss fight or argue the principle Well, I don't understand how this is possible. Well, let's think about how many things in medicine or science or art or whatever that at some point people were like, so what is this thing called electricity? I don't see how that's possible to put electricity in everyone's home and light. What is it? A light bulb, you call it? I don't understand that. I don't, what, what do you mean you're getting rid of the, the horse and carriage and you're going to have a horseless carriage called a, what did you call it? Automobile? What do you mean you're going to put people in a thing, a long tube of steel and fly them from country to country and state to state? What do you call that? Aeroplane? We didn't understand how any of that stuff was going to work at one time. We didn't understand how the Internet was going to work. We didn't understand how the World Wide Web was going to work. There are a lot of things we didn't understand at one point yet. Our willingness to allow it to unfold. So simply hold the vision, a world that works for all. What am I willing to allow to unfold in my life? What am I willing to be a part of so that this vision can unfold? If that means finding my own implicit biases, does that mean finding the places in my life that don't work where I've denied or bypassed my own trauma or or non-willingness to engage in challenging or uh courageous conversation, like whatever that means individually, how do I step forward and start to shift in my own mind, my own words, my own feelings, my own actions, so that I am demonstrating the willingness for this vision to unfold. And then start to congregate with people, have conversations like this conversation that you and I are having, have uh, Will Smith's wife, daughter, and mother-in-law And even the uh, Estefans, Gloria Estefan, 
uh, her daughter and her sister have a red table talk. Oprah has Super Soul Sunday where she has conversations with guests. Start to have these kinds of conversations about, well, what does it mean to be spiritual? What does it mean? What is God? Uh, what does it mean to have unity? What does it mean to be compassionate? Simply by having these conversations about these concepts, we start to fill the mass consciousness more and more with this idea of oneness and unity. And like you said, imagine that what we are doing is we are painting the rocks. We are painting these thoughts and making these thoughts something that people can find in the ethers. A rock is not simply a rock. A thought is not simply a thought. But now it is something that we have beautified. We have enhanced and we are leaving them for others to find and to share to change and beautify the world, to change and beautify our lives one at a time, one person at a time, one conversation at a time. One, when we can, one hug at a time, one namaste at a time, one meal at a time. We can do this. It's already in process. Yes. Yes, it is. I, I, I haven't read the article yet. I saw the headline. Uh, what the world needs is more men willing to say, I love you to other men. Amen. True that. And, and so my brother Raymond, I love you. And I love you as well. Thank you. And this has been an amazing opportunity to connect. I love that uh, you came to this point of having conversations, mm -hmm. having conversations and connections. That's really what it is all so much about, folks. And here on the New Thought Media Network, that's a big part of what we're all about is creating the opportunity and space for these types of conversations. So we want to thank you for being with us today. Definitely. Uh, we are, let's see here, New Thought Media Net. This is uh, the Beyond 2020 program. Now, I want you to know this is a little different. This is intended to be long-form discussions with New Thought leaders and spiritual leaders, and we want to take this beyond just New Thought. We spoke today about a program beyond the gatekeepers with Dr. Vanessa Brown and my personal notes from the first one I, I wrote, new thought is way too blank, a small of a bubble mm -hmm. for where we're in way too small of a bubble right now. And I'm going to invite each one that's listening to this to please reach out and let us know who should we have on this program? Who are the meta politicians? Amen. Who are the metaphysicians? Who are the bishops and the ministers and the leaders and the people that you'd like to hear from on this program? And then my work is to go out and get those folks on this program so they'll share with you. Mm. Together, we are moving beyond 2020. Together, we are creating a world that works better for everyone. Together, we are living in a world that already works for everyone. I'm Reverend Robert Brzezinski. Reverend Raymond, Dr. Raymond, thank you again one more time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And beloved community, if there is ever anything, any questions or whatnot that you would like to ask of me, feel free to reach out. Yes. And again, folks, we will leave notes and links and links on how you can contact Reverend, Ray, Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson yourself. Uh, we'll leave his email and links to websites in the show notes to this program. So please be sure to find those. All right. We are out of here for today. This is Beyond 2020, exploring the emerging paradigm, the emerging vision of life on planet Earth. I'm Reverend Robert Brzezinski. Until next time, peace and blessings. 
Thank you for listening to Beyond 2020, exploring the emerging vision of life on planet Earth. We are a production of the New Thought Media Network, positively inspiring media, music, and entertainment across the web. Join us at ntmedia.org. That's ntmedia.org. Until next time, peace and blessings.